Welcome back to Witch Church. It's your host, Mal. I'm a professional astrologer, tarot reader and teacher, and intuitive healer. And you're about to listen to the recording of Witch Church Live, a sermon that I give to my Instagram community every week. Feel free to catch the live show every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Central on IG Live or listen to the recording right here on the podcast. This is a non-denominational weekly service for witches, astrology nerds, and anyone else who feels like they are being called to walk the spiritual path. At Witch Church Live, we talk all about the weekly astrological and tarot forecast and really anything else that is channeled through me about the week ahead. Oh, and you'll probably hear about my random life updates and some rambly life stories mixed in as well. I hope that's okay. If this podcast brings some kind of value or joy to your life, be sure to leave me a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And feel free to send this podcast to a friend if you feel like they could benefit from listening. If you feel called, you can also support the production of this podcast and my other creations on Patreon for as little as $5 a month and get access to my secret YouTube channel with a bunch of extra astrology and tarot content. And if you would like me to hold space for you on your spiritual path, you can book an astrology session, tarot reading, or distance Reiki healing on my site, malloryhasty.com. I would be honored to be your guide in some way. All of the links to my site and my social media are in the show notes. Have a magical week, my friends, and thank you so much for listening. It's so funny because I think last week I was talking about how Especially if you have a rising sign that is a fixed sign. So if you're a Leo rising, Aquarius rising, Scorpio or Taurus rising, slash if you have a lot of those placements, a lot of things in fixed signs, I was saying that this astrological weather might be, you know, particularly turbulent and... I was talking to two Leo Risings that I know. Um, One Leo Rising this week told me that they went in to work uh, one day and things just kind of blew up between them and their boss. And they quit on the spot. Like, they didn't know they were going to quit that day (laughs) when they walked in, but they just quit on the spot. And I'm like, oh my god, this makes so much sense. Leo rising, right? Um, Then my other friend, one of my best friends actually has a Leo rising and she is an ump at like recreational softball and kickball leagues in Chicago. So she was umpiring last week and someone showed up to her game super drunk and belligerent like they were on the team that was supposed to be playing and this person was just like super drunk and by the end of the game she was like all up in my friend's face like yelling at her for the calls she made and all of this like bullshit and I was like oh my god again like Leo rising like (laughs) like fixed sign risings like there's just something going on right now where it's like you might be changing, you know, there might be good change happening, but there also might be some more abrasive things that are kind of coming into your life, you know, in a lot of ways too. So it's kind of a turbulent energy. And I think even right now, um, today is Sunday the 7th. Yeah, Sunday, August 7th, we have the perfection of the Mars I should say it's a Saturn square to Mars because since Mars or since Saturn is retrograde Saturn is the one overcoming Mars 
but we have a Mars-Saturn square. And I know there's a lot of fear-mongering around this transit. You know, it's like, oh, the two worst planets in the worst angle, <laughs> you know? And I, I think it's it's true. Like, there's a lot of tension with a Mars-Saturn aspect. Like, for instance, I had to do a little... A little, uh, little morning drive this morning. Little scream in the car moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if I ever leave for Dunkin' Donuts at like 8 a.m., <laughs> it's because I'm like need a little scream in the car moment in the morning, and then I also need to exacerbate my anxiety by putting more caffeine in my body. So, you know, we might, today, today, we might have a scream in the car kind of moment. Um, we might have just a feeling that, like, we need to, we are the pressure cooker that needs to let something out, you know? And I think that's the best use of Mars-Saturn squares. I don't think we need to fear-monger them. Um, Savannah, you said yes, time for my morning scream. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we don't need a fear monger this Mars Saturn square, but we are going to maybe benefit from even looking at ourselves as like a pressure cooker that needs some kind of release. And if we don't get that release, we might say things that we didn't mean. You know, we might have bursts of anger. Um, if you guys listen to Achuta Bhava, Nightlight Astrology, he's one of my favorite astrology teachers of mine. He was talking about rage, you know, being a thing and how to deal with rage in one of his recent podcasts. Um, I actually think that might have been more his Mars Uranus podcast. But anyways, everything that he says is great. But there's there's some there's some high pressurized situations I think that might be brewing but here's the thing okay um here's the thing I also think there is great power in Mars Saturn squares because I don't know about you guys but when it comes to the things that I have wanted to change and I have wanted to make progress on for literally three years you know, and this is beyond my living situation. Like, this has to do with, um, you know, dating. And this has to do with um, me making more um, passive income. Like, this has to do with, like, the foundation of my business. For three years, there's been things that I've been like, hmm, like, how do I how do I get around this? Or like, how do I overcome this? Or like, I'm not quite sure how to kind of get through this challenge or, or really overcome this challenge. And guess what? Mars square to Saturn is an energy that potentially could help us break through something that we've been dealing with for like a long time. Like it just gives us this divine willpower to move forward in some way. And I truly feel like there's something about the way I think personally, I think there's something about the way I'm going to move forward between now and when Mars stations retrograde on Halloween I think it's going to be a very, like, revolutionary change. Like, I'm kind of preparing myself to make some really, really, really big changes. And um, the thing about this Mars-Saturn square is that Mars does have some mitigation, you know, because here's the thing. While this is happening, we can say it's happening Sunday the 7th, Monday the 8th, Tuesday the 9th. Um... There's also a Venus-Neptune trine. Venus is in Cancer. Neptune is in Pisces, okay? Venus is also going to oppose Pluto, which we'll talk about in a second. But Venus trining P Neptune. If Venus is in Cancer and Neptune is in Pisces, guess what? 
they're making a sextile to Mars from both directions, okay? So I, I like that as this mitigating factor because I kind of feel like Venus Neptune can sometimes help us reconnect with our sense of faith, reconnect with our sense of um, belief in not only ourselves, but the belief in our divine connection. And that in itself can help sort of motivate this divine willpower vibe. Um, Sav, you said feminine rage has been on my mind a lot lately. Yeah, feminine rage, Mars in Taurus. <laughs> yeah, Mar Mars in Taurus. Mars is in a feminine sign. The planet of war is in the sign of Venus. So that, that, um, that makes a lot of sense. And Natasha, you said, love divine willpower. I appreciate that over catastrophizing this transit. No, here's the thing. Like, I feel very motivated right now. Like, a, a very small example is that I've been just really struggling with creating more income for myself that is a little bit more passive because almost all of my income is active income. Like, I have to be there, you know, in order to make the cash. So I'm either there in person with a client or there in person teaching a class or hosting some kind of meetup, right? Like, those are my primary, um, my primary channels of income. And I've really been thinking, like, literally for the past three years, like all the business coaches on Instagram, all of my colleagues that I really trust, also the colleagues that make a lot more money than me, <laughs> they've been like, Mal, you got to get on the passive income game. Like you have things to share, make it into something that people, um, that allows you to just make it and then put it out there and allow that to be magic for people who won't be able to meet with you in person because there's a whole untapped you know group of people who probably do want to work with you or do something with you but you're just not offering the aligned kind of format for them like imagine how many people might want something that is pre-recorded from you and like I just haven't been listening until now <laughs> and like even since I got back from Mexico on July 11th, I've been like, all right, how can I make this passive income thing work for me? And I know it sounds small, but the fact that in this past week, I have made a whole course that is about using tarot for inner child healing. Um, like I made that in the past week. It's going to be a pre-recorded course. Um, it's actually a method I've been working on for like a couple years. It's like my own mal inner child tarot healing method. So I feel really good about it. And now it's just in the test subject phase where some testers are kind of trying it out. But guys, I can't believe that I've been basically not necessarily procrastinating, but I've just been like avoiding doing something like this for three years, like since 2020, like I've known I've needed to do something like this since 2020. Not just to like make extra cash. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. Like I have a business and I know I do my business with integrity. So I'm not, you know, I I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm so embarrassed that I want to make more money. Like, no, I, I do want to make more money. I think I deserve to make more money. But at the same time, I also know that for three years, people have been asking me for this and I haven't done it, right? And just in the last week, I've done it. So that can be Mars-Saturn, 100% Mars-Saturn stuff. Um, like just, just the finally having the willpower to push yourself to do something that you know will be ultimately productive. It might be a little bit painful while you're doing it, but ultimately it will pay off, okay? And um, so, Ellis, you said your work life sounds so exhausting. <laughs> you know, it's really, for me, it's not, but I understand, yeah, depending on your, your, um, your, 
like energetic makeup, your human design, your your astrology. Yeah, I mean this work is not meant for everyone. Um I if you guys know human design, I'm a generator. I'm a 5-1 generator, so it actually is easy for me to like give a lot of output in some way. Um but I will say it used to be a lot harder for me. Like this this type of work used to be much more draining than it is right now. Like right now I truly don't feel all that drained by client work or teaching classes. And it's mostly because I've also evolved into knowing how to nourish myself. And I didn't used to know how to nourish myself. Um, so that also has made a huge difference as well. But um, let's see here. Jess, you said, avoiding growth, we all do it. Your ideas are awesome. And once there was, you said, congrats on taking the leap. Class sounds amazing. Ah, thanks, guys. Uh, Sam, you said, definitely feeling the willpower and the things that are shifting in the right direction. Natasha, you said, that's wonderful. Can't wait for this course and others to come. Love everything you share. Ah, you guys, you're sweet. Thank you. And uh, Liza, you said, I'm a 5-1 generator too. Oh my gosh, we should talk. We should talk about 5-1 generator life. Um, Liz, do you have a sacral authority or an emotional authority? Because I have emotional authority. So I'm not quite like the standard generator. But um, all right, guys. So spark notes. We know beginning of this week, Mars square Saturn with that Venus trine Neptune Use this energy, if you can, to motivate yourself through finally trying to do something that you've been wanting to do for a while. And this something is probably very much connected to maybe even a bigger obstacle, right? A bigger obstacle that might be present, okay? Um, but then I actually think this week also kind of has an interesting twist because tomorrow tomorrow and tuesday yes mars is passing mars is slowly passing through that square to saturn we know venus is trining neptune but also venus is opposing pluto okay um venus opposing pluto during a mars square saturn um yeah, I could see this being, um, I could see this being for a few people. Like, if you've just been feeling like you've absolutely had it with a certain relationship, you know, whether that's a romantic or platonic relationship. Um, one time I saw a TikTok video that someone was saying, like, I don't know if this relationship is actually making me happy, so she like <laughs> she like made a calendar of um just like printed out a little calendar and she made like this little color coded key and it was either either had a red day a yellow day or a green day and um she didn't tell her partner she was doing this i don't think but she just every day before she went to bed she just kind of asked herself like did my partner like help me grow today or that would have been a green day or it was like did my partner really add anything to my life today not really that would be a yellow day and did my partner make my day worse today and that was a red day so she kept track of this for like a month and by the end of the month she found that the calendar was mostly yellow with some red and very few green and i just thought that was a genius way to do it because sometimes we need that visualization and we need to reflect on how someone or a situation is making us feel over time that can be a really big thing so i don't think mar i don't think venus opposed pluto is inherently a breakup transit but if it's something that's been cooking for a while if it's something that you've really thought like wow like I've realized this person although I might love them or although I you know recognize their their light 
Uh, I also recognize that we're a really bad combination, <laughs> you know, like that could very much be Venus Pluto stuff, um, especially because this Venus Pluto opposition is happening at 26 Cancer, 26 Capricorn. And if you remember back in the beginning of March, Venus was conjunct Pluto and Mars in Capricorn around 26, 27 degrees Capricorn. So there might even be something being brought up from early March that is now ready to be purged. And this was everything I was thinking about Venus in Cancer. Like it was a healing energy in the sense that it was going to close a chapter that the past Venus in Capricorn retrograde started, you know, all the way back in December, January, February, March. Okay, so there's some stuff there. Uh, but the thing about Venus uh, opposing Pluto, wow, like what a transformational energy, especially because remember this Venus opposing Pluto is also trining Neptune. So there could be very much like a new self-love mantra or a new dedication to yourself. Last week we talked about not abandoning yourself and kind of observing the ways in which we might be tempted to abandon or betray ourselves in order to please others or in order to try to get love from others. And I feel like Venus opposing Pluto is such a good vibe for really choosing you. Okay. Um, and, uh, Noel, you said, I want to become a gym rat, get fit AF. So I stop throwing my back out while embracing my femininity in a positive, healthy way. Ah, uh, that sounds like a really beautiful idea for your, um, for your Mars and Venus placements. Noel, I like that a lot. And uh, Butterfly, you said, how do I learn about astrology? I've always been interested in it, but I love your channel. I don't really know what it all means. Oh, that's a big, <laughs> that's a big question, Butterfly. Um, I would say that um, I hate to give this advice because you, you guys know I don't like to, <laughs> I don't like when people listen to my very early podcast uh, days, but in my early podcasts, uh, which church is called my podcast or is the name of my podcast in the very like first, maybe 30 or 40 episodes, I talked a lot about like the signs and the planets and stuff like that. So that might be a resource if you're finding yourself just curious and wanting to know more. Um, but I do, we'll, we'll give a disclaimer that when I was talking about astrology on my podcast in the beginning, I was not very well studied. Like I was self-studied and I think I knew a lot intuitively, but now in this moment, I feel a lot more like confident, I guess, in my stuff. So maybe take what I say with a grain of salt. Um, and Sav, you said, holy crap, Mal, this is exactly the timeline for something I've been going through. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um... Yeah. Oh, okay. Honey jelly. You just gave uh butterfly the same advice I just gave her. Yeah. I also, I mean, I'm biased because at this point I am a traditional astrologer and that's something that people don't know that there is traditional astrology and there's modern astrology. And I started out studying modern and I switched over to traditional later. And now that I've done both, I would recommend starting off learning the tradition uh, and then maybe going into modern and seeing what you like. Uh, but someone that I really like is my teacher, Achuta Bhava. His YouTube channel is called Night Light Astrology. Um, Sunkiss Cloudshine, you said, they were so amazing. I learned so much. Learn listened weekly when they were re released in the early days. Ah, that's sweet. That's sweet, my friends. Thank you. And maybe one day, one day we'll get back to really um, the podcast stuff because I know I've been slacking maybe the past year or so on different episodes that are 
things other than which church, but right now I think it does have to do with the space I'm in, and I think some of the changes that I'm going to be making between now and Halloween are are hopefully going to help me get back on the podcast game <laughs> a little bit more regularly. Um, and, oh, Noelle, you said your early baby witch podcasts are so great, and you have a lot of great takes takeaway, especially if you're a beginner. You made the info very palatable and adaptive. I'm glad. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, so, yes. All right, so we talked about Mars Saturn square. We talked about Venus Pluto opposition. We talked about Venus Neptune. Um, I think the last transit that I wanted to cover for this week, I know it's kind of a transit heavy witch church, but something else that is happening is the full moon in Aquarius. Okay. And this full moon in Aquarius is perfecting on August 11th, which I think is Friday. And it will happen the evening of August 11th. And what's funny about this one is that the sun, the full moon will perfect at 18 degrees Leo, 18 degrees Aquarius, right? So we've got the Aquarius full moon. Ah, son of a nutcracker. I put, I just realized I put Leo full moon in my title, but it's actually the Aquarius new moon. Okay. Aquarius full moon. Aquarius full the Aquarius full moon. Okay. So what's interesting about this full moon is that it is square to that Mars Uranus conjunction in Taurus. So this is giving me big vibes of change. The tectonic plates of our foundations are trying to shift. And this full moon, and also just this astrological weather we've been going through, it is giving me death card vibes, okay? And this is actually the, the card I wanted to talk about for this week as our guide. Because I think the death card in this context, and this very much relates to the full moon in Aquarius... Um, it's not just about change itself, but it's also about our relationship to change, okay? Our relationship to change. That is something that's really big. This week, last week, probably for the rest of Leo season, you know? Um, and I think that our relationship to change, like, is kind of sometimes put on, like, a black and white spectrum, you know? Like, you either think, like, oh, I love change, or I absolutely hate change. I don't do well with change, right? And I'm thinking about how I actually have aspects of both of those sentiments. <laughs> I think in general, I like change more than I do dislike it. But at the same time, there are some changes that really scare me. And I think partially my relationship to change is laced with some kind of fear. And I think that's true for everybody. Okay. Um, but with this Mars-Saturn square, Venus opposite Pluto this full moon, square to Mars, Uranus. I mean, yeah, our relationship to change is just being put right in front of our faces, okay? And it's actually a really good time to improve our relationship to change, which can very much be a death card vibe. Um, in the Kitchen Table Tarot uh, book, it's like a guidebook, I think it's by Melissa Sanova. I remember she said, death is change, death is change, death is change. That's That was something she wrote about the death card. And I really liked how she put that. 
Um, but also death is the choice of how we go about embracing change. And I also think that's why death is the card correlated with Scorpio. Because Scorpio is the sign that teaches us about transmutation. It teaches us about kind of shedding the snakeskin, right? And embracing these new identities that we will have throughout our lives. And I think there's just something here about, like, it's almost like the astrology is like, babe, if you've got a bad relationship to change, you're like really suffering right now. Like, <laughs> like if you find yourself really feeling like, there's a lot of suffering in your life and you find yourself really um, feeling a little bit stagnated or stuck, which there's no shame to that. I mean, in some contexts, I feel like that. But then the astrology is like knocking on our door and it's like, hello, like this isn't just about the external obstacle that you are perceiving. This is also about your internal relationship with the changing world around you and how well you can accept your own changes and also how when we embrace our changes there's grief in that because when we allow ourselves to change we also allow ourselves to outgrow right and there there can be grief in that there can also be joy in that okay so there there's some death card vibes and Something I was thinking about as I was kind of making some of the content for this tarot inner child healing course um, that I was talking about earlier, um, something that, and by the way, I think I'm hope, I'm hoping to launch that next Sunday. Um, so if you're interested, keep an eye out for it. But um I have this part, this thing that I want to put in the course, and it's sort of like a collective guidebook because I always attract, like, in my classes, I find I attract really good writers and storytellers, and that is partially how I teach tarot through the lens of storytelling. So I wanted to make a place where we could all, like, collectively add our writing and our reflections to this sort of Google Doc, and this Google Doc is all about inner child, but also connecting to our adult selves, okay? Because part of doing inner child work is also connecting to the adult self. So I was actually thinking about the death card in particular through the lens of the adult self. And what would the adult self say to like the inner child who is scared of change? You know, um, I think part of the reason we might not have a good relationship with change is because a good relationship to change was not modeled to us. Okay. Um, like, I don't know. Uh, I, I think all parents don't love when their kids grow up. It's sad, <laughs> you know, but like too much sadness especially displayed in front of the kid like you know we don't want to give the message that change is bad right like I think fundamentally part of healthy parenting is is giving the message that change is good and it's okay if things change it's okay if something breaks you know it's not the end of the world it's a it's a material object so if you accidentally drop a plate and it shatters like it's okay, right? But how many of us actually received that parenting, right? Like most of us received some variation of parenting that was kind of maybe anti-change. Um, maybe not overtly. Like I don't think our parents got up in the morning and said, oh, okay, I'm going to teach my kid that change is bad and we should be afraid of change. <laughs> but I think there are just some things that might translate to the child's nervous system that teach us that change is bad and that staying the same is what is safe. Uh, granted, I will also say, I think this goes beyond just 
parent-child dynamics. I think in a lot of ways, like the human, human evolution kind of says, you know, there is survival in comfort. There is security in knowing what to expect, right? Um, so even our monkey minds, something about change kind of scares them, right? But anyways, I was thinking, okay, what would our inner parents say to our inner children about change, okay? And um, here's what I wrote, okay? So I said, I pulled the death card today and I really saw it as a message that change is safe. The healthy parent realizes that all children have to change and leave the nest. But unfortunately, some parents unconsciously do not want their children to grow, change, or become independent. These types of parents may complain um, about their children being reliant on them. However, unconsciously, they may not want it to be any other way. Why? Well, when their children are dependent on them, it might give them a false sense of love and security. Anyways, I've been dealing with this kind of dynamic for years now with my own parents, and I know the death card is telling me that change is healthy at this moment, and I am perfectly capable of making it happen. I can tell my inner child that I am their parent, and I will keep them safe within this change. Okay, so that's what I kind of wrote there. And I think it's relevant. I think it's relevant because I think the inner child is relevant to every single <laughs> situation we're in, especially every single challenge we face. And um, I was just, I think my perspective was opened up when I started thinking about death through the eyes of the inner parent. Like, what, what does the inner parent do for the inner child that actually says change is good, healthy, and safe right um so natasha you said definitely feeling the vibe for the full moon my birthday is on the 12th and i was born under a dark balsamic moon and now this year's a super full moon it feels very full circle where i am at life or in life Ooh, that's cool natasha yeah and i'm wondering where is is the moon still in aquarius on Depending on what time your solar return is at, you might actually have a Pisces moon this year. Or it could be that separating separating Aquarius moon. I'm talking more about your solar return. But that either way, it's kind of exciting, right? Sun, sun kiss cloud shine. You said my bestie, um, his 30th birthday is this Saturday the 13th. And we are fire performing at a wedding. Wanted to ask him if there are any insights or how, or the cards for him as he's been listening to the past three weeks with me. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I will come back to that question for sure. Um, when I, um, when we circle back. Okay. And Sav, you said my mom was extremely anti-change. This message is hitting home for me for sure. Mal. Totally. I think a lot of, a lot of our parents were anti-change, and again, it is probably coming from their own trauma response, right? But there is something healthy, I think, about, like, something changing, even if it's not something, quote-unquote, good, you know, and, and modeling that it's okay. You know, it's okay that it is happening, right? Um, Sam, you said, being a Cancer Moon and a military brat, moving very, f for a lot of years, was very hard. So, lol, nope, I've never liked change. That's very fair. And I, I could imagine that's very difficult for a cancer, cancerian placement. Okay. So, put this on your mirror. Put this on your refrigerator. You know, this death card message. Not just about the changes itself that are happening. But also our relationship to the changes that are happening. Okay. And just not being afraid to use this energy as this motivational factor in our life. 
The shifting in this changing world is exciting for some and scary for others. Exactly. And there's something I've been thinking about too with with that um, blue moon cocoon. There was something about like, yeah, is this change scary? Is this change um, exciting? And it's kind of, uh, I feel like in our souls, <laughs> I feel like in our souls, it's more of a neutral thing. Like, don't you think, don't you think our higher selves, because our higher selves already have a lot planned out for us, or they already kind of know that each change is maybe leading to our growth and development like I just feel like the higher self really is is more about how change is neutral whereas we as the human monkey minds judge it we're quick to judging it is this a good change is this a bad change you know and that could be part of us examining our relationship to change like how how am I a quick judge of this change right um that, that feels like something that comes up too. Amy, you said, my daughter and I are packing up the home we have lived in for 20 years. We are embracing change. My mom puts so many heavy feelings on this change, which makes it hard. Wow, Amy. Wow, I'm in full agreement. You sending you really good move, moving vibes. I know the housing market is just like absolutely ridiculous at the moment. It's very difficult to remain positive <laughs> in the abundance mindset with the housing market but I, I am in full agreement that the move goes well and you you're, you will find a lot of peace in your next home okay um bloom and cocoon you said our brains are what get in the way lol because it feels fear even if it's the best thing for us totally totally um yes okay well friends uh let me ask you what do you need what's the advice that you might need this week either from the tarot or I don't know if you need a prayer or some good vibes sent to you but I would be happy to pull on anything that I can for you and I'm gonna first go back to Stormy's question because you said let me read this question again so you said your friend is performing at a wedding um and he would like some cards or insights okay okay cool so let's start with that stormy's friend okay okay stormy's friend seven of cups in reverse um, okay, so I think the Seven of Cups in reverse, um, the Seven of Cups in itself is a card that I think has a lot to do with uh, the feeling of uncertainty, the feeling of having a lot of options or decisions that are in front of us, but not exactly sure what the decision is. And you know, sometimes when the seven of cups in reverse comes out, maybe we get so sick of not knowing that we like decide, but maybe we also are tempted to decide or pick something prematurely before we actually know. And I think part of embracing the seven of cups is embracing a feeling of uncertainty. And knowing that if we feel a little bit lost or feel like we're not exactly sure where our path is leading us, sometimes that's when the biggest spiritual evolutions happen. Like sometimes that's when we are connecting to our higher self the most. Sometimes that's when, um, it, you know, we really feel connected to the high, highest power in our higher selves. So... I would actually say there's something here about recognizing that not knowing is not bad. And rushing towards a certain path just to know isn't necessarily good. You know, it could be good if it feels aligned, but if it doesn't feel aligned, 
And it feels like we're rushing and pushing past the discomfort of uncertainty. That is probably a sign that, you know, we should actually get more comfortable with uncertainty. Okay, so the Seven of Cups is kind of like, I don't know. I don't know, and I need to be in this, I don't know. And I need to be comfortable with not knowing. And it's okay. You know, that's that's kind of what I'm getting. Um, okay, so... Jess, you said, can I get a card for the next week at work? Yeah. Ooh, okay. That flew all the way over here. <laughs> all right. So, two of swords, Jess, which in the Thoth deck is the card that's labeled peace. So I think it might be a week to just observe and sit back. And if you think about the two of swords in the Rider-Waite-Smith, it's the woman with the swords crossed over her chest, and then she has that blindfold on. So there's a little bit of like a standstill that the two of swords advises. And also, I think there's something about the two of swords that might tell us... Um, this isn't really a time to necessarily ask for, like, everybody's advice. Uh, maybe just you and one or two trusted people, like, really filtering in, like, the amount of opinions or advice that you're receiving and really just taking a moment to connect to what you think is right. But also the Two of Swords is sometimes not completely as much action as we would like, but if action still does come in, it's still a sign that, like, we need to take 24 hours to, like, sit with it. You know, even if it's, like, the best opportunity ever. Like, still, like, we're sleeping on it, and we're approaching the new, the new stuff with a lot of self-reflection and checking in with our inner self first and foremost. Okay. Natasha, you said, could I please have a prayer for my grandma who was recently diagnosed with cancer and maybe a card for my birthday coming up at the end of the week? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your grandma, um, Natasha. And I'm in full agreement that, you know, her, her healing journey is going to be really productive and goes really well. And I'm in full agreement that she continues to be in really high spirits during this process of healing okay and uh your birthday card Ooh, okay um we got the uh ace of pentacles and the seven of pentacles okay so that's interesting because the ace of pentacles can sometimes be like a new beginning or like a new seed of um a, a new seed that is being planted by you but also it's weird because the seven of pentacles is often represented as like an energy that tells a story about how we've already planted the seeds and now we just need to like wait for those seeds to grow so maybe they're actually maybe you're actually juggling maybe like a behind the scenes thing that is growing but also, there's maybe a new opportunity, too, that's coming in. And this usually, I don't know, sometimes the universe gives us a new opportunity so we can kind of just sit back and, like, let that stuff grow in the background, you know? Like, it's almost like, not a distraction, it still feels productive. But there's just some stuff that feels like the universe is like, don't fixate on it. Like, it's happening, it's going to be okay. Like it's all marinating in the background. So just let it marinate. That's the seven of pentacles and focus on this, like focus on this new thing that, that feels really aligned. Okay. Lauren, you said, I have a big medical appointment on the full moon and I would love a card to anchor. Sure. Let's see. Okay. Okay, Lauren, we have the Eight of Cups, which um, 
I think the Eight of Cups can often be some some emotional turbulence that is followed by relief. And I'm kind of getting that, you know, keep your eye on the prize, which the prize would be the emotional relief that comes maybe after this appointment, this medical appointment is over. Um, and I think there's a lot of emotional turbulence just in the lead up process of this. But I think ultimately you will walk out feeling like, okay, thank God I got that over with, you know, like, thank God it's over. Like, okay, I can, I can come back to my focus now. So that's really what I'm getting. I know it's very straightforward, Lauren, but I think just be careful of getting caught up in the emotional turbulence of this waiting period. Because oftentimes the waiting period is more anxiety inducing than the actual thing itself, right? Um, I know I feel that. Like, you know, even if I'm going to the dentist and getting a cavity filled or something, like, the waiting is more, is worse than the actual cavity filling thing, which takes like, less than 10 minutes. So I, I'm not trying to invalidate this doctor's appointment. I actually have no idea what it's for. But I think you get my vibe here. That's that's what I'm picking up on. Uh, Maria, you said returning to work after three weeks, COVID and vacation. And I feel really anxious about what I will be walking into tomorrow. Yeah, let's see. Okay. <laughs> okay, Maria, you got the Knight of Swords. So I love like the speed of the Knight of Swords. And I just am kind of getting that there's some relief in just accepting that it probably will be kind of busy and it'll be kind of fast paced. But I also think that the Knight of Swords is sometimes motivated by their own slightly unhealthy self-perception in a lot of ways. Like the Knight of Swords will have this like to-do list for themselves. Like I'm going to go in, I'm going to get all this done and I have to get this done and blah, blah, blah. And then like everybody around them is like, okay, we, that, that's fine. Like, take your time. Like, take, it's okay. You know, like, but, but because of our like unhealthy, sometimes our unhealthy, like to-do list, or I should say unhealthy expectations of yourself. I would say examine those this week, especially like, what are you really expecting yourself to do? Is that really needed? Can we dial back what you are expecting yourself to do? knowing that you don't really have to prove it, prove anything to anybody, like people at your work already know that you're capable. So now it's just kind of about like allowing the Knight of Swords to help you through this kind of busyness, but again, balancing, balancing the amount of work that you feel obligated to take on. Okay. Okay, Kara, you said, Mal, I have a stalker card. The Two of Cups, I have zero romantic prospects and intentions. So I doubt it's that, but I can't get why they are trying, what they are trying to tell me. Yeah, let's see. Ooh, okay, this is what I thought. So I just pulled on it and the High Priestess came out. So I almost wonder if this two of cups is more of a more of like a higher self or a guide kind of um because oftentimes i think of the two of cups as us meeting a, a divine part of ourselves sometimes i think the two of cups for me is even meeting a new version of myself like wow like you might be meeting the version of kara who is like completely and totally fine with like thriving and being single and maybe this is like really the first time you're truly meeting her or maybe you're meeting the version of Kara who is um 
really like owning her inner power and whatever like think about the personal changes and the personal transformation that you have gone through the past year especially and how are you different now and how can you meet that person like recognize that person because sometimes we've changed but we don't even realize we've changed and we're like thinking about ourselves and being like oh i'm still this person but we're not right that feels to me like what the two of cups is insinuating okay um and amy you said i would love a card for this change and selling the house stepping into the unknown after this okay Whew, i feel you well i mean i don't know where you live amy but selling houses might be even easier than getting a house these days <laughs> Let's see. Knight of Cups. See, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think that you're going to have to worry about, like, the Knight of Cups, like, in its purity, just kind of represents an opportunity or something good that's being handed up and handed to us. So I really don't think that it's necessarily um, a scarcity mindset that you should be approaching the house selling situation with. I don't think you're ultimately going to have an issue with it. Um, in fact, we have a Mercury retrograde coming up um, maybe in like a month-ish. And maybe that's when, you know, you're kind of selling and doing stuff and I think sometimes retrogrades kind of speak to like letting go and kind of I don't know going through the the process of change in a lot of ways so I, I just don't see there needing to be anything to worry about really it's not the selling of the house but maybe it's more about you focusing on what is energetically aligned for your next environment but maybe you have not gotten a chance to think about that because you're worried about selling the house. But I would actually say put your focus on receiving the aligned next place of living. That that feels to me like something that comes through. Okay. Liza, you said, would love a card around a new relationship that is blossoming. Thank you so much for this. Yes. Ooh, okay. Ooh, three of wands. Okay, Liza. I think this new relationship is, with the three of wands, just a really good opportunity to begin on, begin the new relationship differently than you ever have before. Like, if you think of the past relationships that you've been in and what the first like one to three months was like like I just feel like you're kind of doing things a lot differently than you have in the past and maybe that has to do with clarifying expectations earlier on maybe that has to do with like sharing your boundaries or things that you're looking for in a partner early on like maybe there's something about you know ways you're building trust with yourself and this person differently but it just feels a little different and that feels like a good thing so really think about all the ways that you would like to approach relationships differently in general and how you can hold yourself to your word you know going into this this new blossoming relationship because certainly blossoming relationships can be exciting but also um you know, there's nothing like that, that hit of like the happy feeling chemicals in our brain to uh, regress us into <laughs> old behaviors that are not necessarily conducive to what you might actually want in a relationship. So really be mindful of that and, and just mindfulness. But overall, I mean, the three of wands feels like there's a lot of potential potentially okay um hey maji you said if there's time can you draw a card for my upcoming week yes let's do it okay 
Ooh, that flew out, Manchi. Aw, oh, the Prince of Swords. That's cute. Remember, isn't this your inner child card? <laughs> I feel like one time we pulled the Prince of Swords and in a reading together and that was like inner child stuff um so yeah maybe maybe there's an inner child message here maji also the prince of swords is about maybe our gift of being curious and i would say how can you approach life with more curiosity this week and less black and white thinking um how can you approach the day thinking like oh like i wonder what's going to happen today? Like, sounds exciting. Like, I'm curious. Like, how can I make today different than yesterday? How can I add more variety into my life that helps energy flow faster? Here's a thing, my friends. I think this is a thing. When we do the same thing every single day, I think scheduling, scheduling can be grounding, but I also think scheduling in some time for curiosity and play and creativity and doing what we love like i know that might be a privilege in a lot of ways but even an hour less than an hour where we feel like we're giving ourselves that freedom feels to me like a very page of swords thing okay um natasha you said thank you i really appreciate your prayers and love the card message excited to book a reading after my next paycheck, <laughs> no rush. All, all readings happen in spirit timing. Um, and Lauren, you said, wow, that's spot on with my intuition. Oh, I'm glad. Um, Ellis, you said, could I ask for a card for a friend who recently went through a breakup? Yeah, let's do that. I think um, we'll say Ellis's, Ellis's friend will be our last poll for today. Okay. So a card for Ellis's friend going through a breakup. Okay, the devil. <laughs> solid, solid uh, breakup relationship card. Um, I think there's... Okay, here's what it is. Okay, you know how I, I just gave... Um, I just gave Liza the advice that she is beginning a relationship in a completely new way and I think the devil might be advice for your friend to potentially end this relationship in a completely new way um so I think the kind of uh and granted I'm a Venus in Capricorn I know I've said this a lot but I'm I'm more of a person who I can't once once you're once you're on my shit list you're on my shit list. No, i'm kidding <laughs> but i'm like once once we're done we're done like we're not going to be friends especially initially we're not going to be in contact you will not be texting me i will not be looking at your social media you're going to be unfollowed on social media and that's not me being mean it's me giving myself time to heal okay but the fact that the devil is here I don't mean to be projecting this, but I think the fact that the devil is here, I think your friend might want to be really careful about past codependent patterns, past patterns of break breakups and what that looks like. I know a lot of us, because we're in the process of maybe accepting that the, the relationship is over, we might you know, continue to text them or continue to, you know, hope that things are going to work out. But sometimes the best thing we can give ourselves is just a moment of healing without grasping for the other person. Okay. And if we look in the Rider-Waite-Smith, the lovers is in the devil card, right? So the devil card inherently makes us examine our relationship to relationships, our relationship to other people, and I think there's a little bit of like aloneness discomfort that this person might be sitting with and that's okay. And by the way, I'm not talking smack about you if anybody here, if you're friends with your ex or whatever. Um, I know I have a little bit more of a drastic approach here, but I also think that 
Um, I, I think some people can do it depending on your chart and some people can't, but I will say something that I do think is that initially, like in the first month of the breakup, like really, like we shouldn't be texting this person every day, you know, cause we're trying to wean our brain off of the addiction of them. Right. Um, so that's something here, the devil, how people can be addictions and, and how we, we need to maybe just sit with that discomfort, which is very, very difficult, especially if we have attachment trauma, codependent wounds, things like that. Okay, so I'm sorry I'm sending you healing to your friend though, Ellis. I'm sending breakup healing. I know it's really hard. Um, but I also think with that Venus opposition Pluto this week, that actually might be a good energy to purge a, a situation that no longer serves. Okay. And okay, Amy, Kara, Liza, you're so welcome. Maji, you said that resonates a lot. Thank you. Um, well, you guys are so welcome. Thanks so much for coming this week. It was a blast. Send me, send me good vibes for finishing this inner child tarot course this week. And I will hopefully see you guys next week as far as I know. And let me know like how, how this week goes. Um, you know, going back to that message of our, our overall card being the death card. How is your relationship to change? How is that being examined this week? Because if the, if the astrology is really pointing to big changes, big strides that could potentially be taken, um, we really need to sit with our relationship to change first and foremost. Okay, friends, see you next week. I'll talk to you soon.